You're listening to Matt Walsh on demand. Buck Sexton. Think of prayers and holy moments and reflection. No, no, chanting death to America, death to Jews. That's, I suppose, what you can expect these days in mosques in many countries. But then you have suicide bombers, also Muslims, coming in and blowing them up. So we'd have to ask the question, which side do we want to win? Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh, Republicans. Freaking Republicans. I Welcome to the Matt Walsh Podcast. Um... Has there ever been a greater assemblage of cowards on the planet than the Republican Party? I mean, really, in the history of the world, has there ever been such an extensive association of individuals who are so consistently limp-wristed and cowardly as the Republican Party? That's that's my question. I've said that right now uh, there are a few Republican candidates I'll vote for in the presidential election. And that could change. Um, you know, things things could develop and change. But but and certainly I would never vote for a Democrat. I mean, literally, with a gun to my head, I would not vote for a Democrat. I would I consider it a mortal sin to to vote for a Democrat. So I would I would hope that I'd have the courage to um, die rather than do it. But um, I just the Republican Party benefits from the fact that the Democrat party is such a sickeningly evil group of lying scumbags because so, so it's easy to be the default, you know? Um, but it's getting to the point where I don't know if I will physically be able to stomach pulling the lever for Republican. I don't. So it's not even a question of, am I willing to do it? It's, I don't physically know if I can without, without vomiting all over the, voting booth which which is which would really be rude to the next person that comes in and might infringe on their right to vote so even when i support i just don't know if i can the idea of rewarding the republican party after years and years of retreat and betrayal it it makes me weep just to think about it a single tear rolling down my cheek right now as i say this i'm ashamed i'm ashamed to think that i would even consider voting for a Republican after they've done nothing but backtrack and equivocate and surrender. Honestly, my children are young, but I wouldn't want my children to see me vote for a Republican. I wouldn't want them to know that daddy voted for a Republican uh, because I'm so ashamed of it. And I, I, I feel like John Proctor at the end of, at the, end of uh, you know, the Crucible. How could I teach my son to walk like a man in this world if I have sold myself? It is my name. You know, that I cannot have another in my, you know, the, the end of the movie. It's a great, great, great play and a great movie. Daniel Day-Lewis, a stunning performance. And probably for me, I'm, I'm putting his crucible performance just below his, um, his turn in, in my left foot and there will be blood. So it'd be, it'd be my left foot. And then, well, you know, I'd actually put there, there will be blood, my left foot and then the crucible, but, and then Lincoln would be way, way down at the bottom. Like if he did a commercial for hemorrhoid cream back in the eighties or something like that, that, that ended up on YouTube, 
I would put that above Lincoln because Lincoln was such a pandering, dull mess of a film. And, uh, you know, it was meant to deify Lincoln, but not to give us any kind of depth or complexity at all. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, yeah, Republicans. I'm saying all this just, just in general, in principle, but, but also Mike Pence, the governor of Indiana, um, has retreated on the religious freedom bill in Indiana. And see, it always goes this way, doesn't it? The Republicans do something, um, like the Republicans in Indiana, they do something that seems ostensibly good. So the Republicans in Indiana, they pass this bill um, saying that, just reaffirming that we have religious liberty, and, um, and the governor signs it. And you think, hey, good job, guys. Well done. You did the right thing. High five. High five, guys. And then the backlash starts against them because they did the right thing. And anytime you do the right thing in life, um, especially nowadays, and if you, if you do the right thing publicly and people see it, there's going to be enormous outrage. And so the outrage starts and everyone knows it's going to happen. And there are no surprises. Liberals lie about it like they always do. And, and in this case, they say things like, this bill outlaws gay people from going into stores. This law makes it illegal for gay people to buy baked goods. I've seen that on Twitter numerous times, and I'm not even joking. Just, just bald-faced, hysterical lies. Indiana just passed a bill outlawing gay people from walking into establishments. And it just, just hysterical. Just, just not even close to, there's like the truth. And then there's, and then, and then, um, and then a hundred miles away, there's a lie. And then, and then even light years away, like in a different galaxy, you have, you have liberals and the things that they're saying. And that's all expected. And at first the Republicans, they stood firm and you think, uh, Hey, maybe I was, that's what I thought. I was watching them, them, them stand firm on this. And I, I thought maybe, I, maybe I got those Republicans wrong. You know, maybe I got them wrong. Maybe after a hundred years of failure from the Republicans, I, I really, I jumped to conclusions. Maybe I jumped to conclusions too quickly about them. And, and, uh, and then Mike Pence, he goes on, on talk shows this weekend, this past weekend, and he's resolute and he's not backing down. And he isn't particularly articulate or uh, compelling in his defense of the law. He's very bad at defending it, but trust me, long ago, I stopped expecting articulate and compelling from Republicans because the articulate and compelling ones, they become pundits and talk radio hosts. And that's part of the problem. I think, uh, by the way, with conservatives, I, I think with, with liberals, it's the opposite. See, in many cases with, with some exceptions, obviously the smart, communicative, convincing liberals head into politics. Like I said, there are exceptions. Okay. Harry Reid exception, uh, not smart or communicative, Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Hillary Clinton, etc. Uh, Barney Frank, etc. Ted Kennedy when he was alive, etc. Um, the one who who was the one who who uh, who said Guam might tip over because there are too many people on it. Who was the one that said that? Was it Hank Johnson or something? Anyway, there are a lot of exceptions, but I think the smart and engaging liberals often go into politics or maybe somewhere else in media, um, like like Hollywood, or they get shows on Comedy Central and HBO. Meanwhile, the dumb, inarticulate bores in the liberal ranks go into liberal punditry and talk radio and cable, uh, that it, cable news, that is, you know, MSNBC, CNN, whatever. 
But with, with conservatives, the smart, compelling ones get talk shows and become pundits. Again, there are major exceptions here, but largely this is true. And they end up on Fox News or with a syndicated show or doing something else like that, um, you know, like a column, they're a columnist or whatever. And all of the marble-mouthed dopes end up becoming senators and congressmen. So there's Mike Pence defending the religious freedom bill, and he's doing a very bad job of it, but he's defending it. I watched him on one of the shows. I think he was on uh, with uh, uh, Stephan, Stephanop, Stephanopoulos, Stephanopoulos, and he, he, he's trying to defend the bill, and he just re- keeps repeating religious liberty over and over again as if, as if the phrase is a defense of itself. So, well, in fact, this is uh, uh, religious liberty that we're dealing with, and so we passed a bill for religious liberty, and it's, uh, we believe that folks should have the liberty of religion, and so it's a religious liberty uh, situation, and we, so we have uh, religious liberty, and, and that's what it is. And then, you know, Snuffleupagus is, uh, yes, but is it not uh, discriminatory against gays? Well, uh, you, you might, uh, you, you, you think that, but in fact, it's religious liberty, and, and individuals have religious liberty, uh, is what it is. That's what, it ha- that's what they have, yeah. And this guy's governor, by the way. He's convincing enough to convince people to appoint him governor, but he cannot explain a very simple concept like rights and liberty um, without just saying rights and liberty over and over again as if that counts as an explanation. But still, he stood firm and I said, nicely done, Pence. I want to give you a cookie. Someone sent Pence a cookie because I, he's, he's, he deserves a cookie for not being a cow. Oh, never mind. Because just like that, right as I was about to say, I was about to ship him the cookie. It was, it was in the mail. I was writing Mike Pence, you know, cookie, love Matt Walsh. And, and then uh, just like that, after less than a week of criticism, Mike Pence calls a press conference on Tuesday. And this is what he says. Okay, listen to what he says. He says, um... We've got a perception problem here because some people have a different view and we intend to correct that. After much reflection and in consultation with leadership of the General Assembly, it would be helpful to move legislation. That, this is my Mike Pence impression, by the way. It's very, it's very, uh, it's like you're listening to Mike Pence, isn't it? I mean, everyone has a Pence impression, you know, all the, all the great impressionists and SNL, they all have a, their Pence impression. It's one of the, it's like a Christopher Walken, you know, Samuel Jackson, Mike Pence. So after much reflection and consultation with leadership of the General Assembly, it's not really much. It's not really a, an impression of what he sounds like. It's more an impression of his of the substance of him. You know, it's it's kind of it gives it's the spirit. You see, it would be helpful to move legislation this week that makes it clear that this bill does not give businesses the right to deny services to anyone. We want to make it clear that Hoosier hospitality is not a slogan; it's our way of life. Ugh. <laughs> I'm. So, I really. I'm gonna vomit. At the, I really am. I. Can, I, <clears throat> I. Dear Lord. I mean. Yes. Let's add Hoosier. We're dealing with liberty and rights and th- th- what you're supposed. What you're in office to defend. This is America. This is America. It was built to be a place where people could have their rights and their liberty, even if it offends others. And what, what do you have in response? Hoosier hospitality is a way of life? Yes, let's add Hoosier hospitality to the amendment. Let's clarify that you have religious freedom unless it means you're being inhospitable to somebody. 
You have religious freedom except as it pertains to your business and your private property and the goods you sell and the products that you produce and the services you provide. In other words, according to Mike Pence and the Republicans down in Indiana, apparently, it's a religious freedom bill minus every single aspect that upsets liberals, and so it is not a religious freedom bill anymore. They pass a law and are now about to pass an amendment negating the law they just passed. Cowards. Fools. You spineless, gutless, thin-skinned, cowering, timid, frightened, simpering little schoolboys. And I know that the law never explicitly stated that it protects florists and bakers who don't want to participate in gay weddings. It's, it's, but it changed some of the standards and burdens of proof to give religious people more recourse when they're challenged by the government. But one of the primary applications of this principle is in these situations that we see in the news where the gay mafia wants to force business owners to do things they don't want to do. It's the whole reason people are pro this is the, this, there are other applications of it. Okay. Uh, you know, someone is, wants to shave their head for religious reasons and it's at, and they go to a school where there is a dress code or, or what, I mean, there, 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 there are other applications, obviously of religious freedom. It, it's not all about Christians and gays. Okay. Not everything in the world is about Christians and gays, right? Not, not everything. Um, but this is one of the primary applications, po- really the most important application. It's the whole reason people are protesting, and it's the whole reason that others are celebrating the bill. It's what the argument's all about. Because if you're going to pass a bill just saying, yeah, you know, you can shave your head and grow out a beard and all that, everyone agrees. That, that, I mean, there might be cases where someone is stopped from doing those things, but it's like you don't even need really a bill. It, I mean, we all basically agree on that point, don't we? And so they just completely caved. That's what this is, a complete cave, complete, total. And this is where the stupid part of Republican comes into play. I mean, if you were going to cave to the pressure, why sign the bill in the first place? Did you really not know that the pressure would come? Did you really not know, Pence, that this was going to happen? Were you actually surprised? How could you be surprised? And and all the while, the concepts here are so easy to defend and so important. And maybe if conservative politicians understood their own supposed ideology, if they understood the philosophy behind this, they'd be able to explain it. But they don't understand it because they don't actually think it. You know, you take a guy like Mike Pence. He doesn't actually care about this stuff. Most of these Republicans with rare exception, and the ones that actually care, ideologically speaking, you, you know those guys, right? Because they're like the fanatics in the minds of a lot of people. They're the fanatics, the crazies, the kooks. For the most part, for the most part, maybe this will change in 2016, they're laughed off the stage, you know, when it comes to presidential uh, races and Republican nominee, l- nominations, laughed off the stage. You know, they're the crazy ones. Oh, the crazy ones that actually believe what they're saying, no, they're, they're nuts, these guys. They actually believe all this stuff that they're saying right now. Can you? I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> freaks. So, so most of them don't believe in it and don't care. Um, but I, I do. You know, I, believe, I believe it. So I've written a f- couple of pieces the last week dealing with this because it's so important. And it has to be communicated. And this is all about human rights. The government should protect human rights. And that's it. I mean, aside from that, it has some practical administrative types of duties. 
But the main point here in America is that our government is supposed to stand for human rights. Um, so, so what are human rights? Well, it says in the Declaration of Independence, not a legal document, but kind of our mission statement as a country, it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our human rights speak to those. They speak to this concept that, that we should all have life, liberty, and the ability to pursue, to pursue, not to necessarily have, but to pursue happiness or fulfillment or joy or whatever words you want to use. I think fulfillment is the best word. So Republicans should be saying, what they should be saying is, instead of saying, well, this isn't about discrimination. We don't want to refuse service to anyone. That's not what this is about. You know, this is just something that everyone can agree on. Please don't yell at me. What they should be, that's my Republican impression, by the way. Again, just very, very, uh, I, should be, I should get paid as an impressionist. So what they should be saying is, look, I believe in human rights. And religious liberty is a human right. Life is a human right. Our authority over our property, our homes, our businesses, those are human rights. Now, now that said, you may not take away someone else's rights for the sake of those with some exceptions. So self-defense, uh, you might take someone's life for the sake of your own or your family's, but they forfeited their right to life the moment they tried to kill you or your family or cause you great harm. So, so you have authority over your property, but that doesn't mean that uh, uh, because someone is in your house, you can kidnap them and chain them to the radiator and beat them like dogs for three weeks or something. You know, you can't do that because they have basic human dignity and human worth. And we can't take that from someone else. This is what this is all about. So business owners, um, yes, they should be able to refuse service to people. And I know it's like really shocking when you say it. If I refuse service, well, you can't do that. But, 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 if you could, but if you can just get past that sentence and we could really have an adult conversation. And this is what Republicans need to, like, let's have an adult, let's be adults for a moment and just have an adult conversation. Because actually, oh, refusing service. I can't imagine refusing service. Yeah, you actually do have the right to refuse service. Let me explain. Uh, whether for religious reasons or... And when I say you have the right, let me, let, let's step back a moment here. When I say you have the right, I mean, I'm talking about natural law. I'm talking about the ideas uh, at the foundation of our Constitution. Now, does the Constitution give you that right? Well, it does, but, 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 but it does in the sense that the Constitution doesn't give you any rights. What I mean is the Constitution was written to uh, control the government and to prescribe what the government is supposed to do and what it's not supposed to do. They then went on to, to write the Bill of Rights and amend the Constitution and add all these things about, well, people have this right, that right, this right. And all of the rights that are listed in those amendments, you know, the right to uh, uh, freedom of speech and, and, and self-defense and, and the right to due process, all, all that stuff, uh, those are all rights, um, but they're not rights. And this is the whole point of America is built on this philosophical idea that people have rights. It's not that the government doesn't give them to you. You have them. So the bill of rights, all it does is it recognizes certain particular rights that people have because we already have them. We have them. It does not, that, not about the government giving them to us. We have them because we're people. Now there's an argument to be made that the bill of rights never should have been written because because it's actually, although it's correct in what it says, that we have those rights, what it's actually been used against us as people. Because now the government comes back around and they say, they say oh, well, uh, if it's not written in the Bill of Rights, then you don't have that right. But it was never supposed to be that way. It's supposed to be that way for the government. If it's not written in the Constitution, then you don't have that power. 
If it's not in there, you can't do it, period. End of, this, end of story. That's it. But for people, I, the, the, the human rights, you know, that's a, that's a list of, um, um, a mile long. Or I should say it's a, it's, a, it's a list a mile deep or eternally deep. It's a very deep concept. Um, so it's not, you, you can't list every single thing that a person should be able to do. And since they, because they did that, because they, they, because they listed a few of them, now the government says, well, it's not theirs. So it doesn't specifically say that, the, that, uh, that uh, business owners can refuse service. to people. It doesn't specifically say they can, so I guess they can't. But that's a total perversion of the whole idea of America. That it doesn't have to be said. We have these rights in the first place. So when I say a business owner has the right to his business and the right to control, you know, the service that he provides, uh, and we have a right to our property, and we have a right to uh, our families, you know, sovereignty as is, is families. When I say that, I, I don't mean that it's something the government has given it because the government might say we actually don't have it, but we do. So I'm not talking about what the government says and what it doesn't say. The government's wrong. And, and the government can make laws that are wrong, that are essentially not legitimate. You know, the government used to say that a black person counts as three-fifths of a human being. But they were wrong. They were wrong about that. They, just, they were just wrong. It's, just, that's, it's, it's a thing that's written down on paper, but we have no obligation to respect it or listen to it or pay it any mind whatsoever because it's wrong. And it defies human rights and human dignity. And in fact, it might get to the point, uh, before you even get to the Civil War, which, you know, uh, I'm of the opinion it wasn't actually about slavery per se, but it was, anyway. Uh, but there were abolitionists who said, you know, th- this, although this is the law saying that black people aren't people, uh, it's such a, an atrocious and horrible law that uh, we are going to commit crimes, quote unquote, to put an end to it. So then you have Harper's Ferry and John Brown and all that. And we can get, get into an argument about when, are, when is it morally and ethically okay for people to, to, to go to that extent? But I think the basic point is that when the government makes a law that defies human dignity and defies our human rights, we have no responsibility to obey it. It is not legitimate. We might be forced to obey it, but it is not a legitimate law. It essentially does not exist. It might as well. It's just words on paper. The government says that babies are not people. That is... It, it, it does exist, unfortunately. It exists as words on, on paper, and it has led to 60 million uh, babies being killed in America, which is, a great, which is the greatest tragedy in the history of mankind. The greatest in the history of mankind, and I mean that, above, beyond every other uh, uh, tragedy, and, and there have been many. But it's not legitimate. We have no responsibility to respect it. And then there's a conversation among pro-lifers sometimes about, well, because this is not a legitimate law and it defies human dignity and it flies in the face of our human rights and it is, it is, it is, it is a deep and dark, horrendous, evil tyranny, how far can we go in our not respecting of that law? And there's, there's a conversation to be had there. The point is we have rights. Rights are things that speak to our human nature, to natural law. And the government has a responsibility to recognize them. And if it doesn't recognize them, then uh, we can say, well, the government is, is wrong. You know, but the rights are not given to us by the government. That is the fundamental basic point. And it, because if rights were given to us by the government, then I guess up until uh, the abolition of slavery, black people really weren't people because the government said they weren't. And I guess right now, babies really aren't people because the government says they aren't. 
So look, if I'm running a private hospital or, uh, you know, I don't know, a lifeguard stand or something, and I, uh, that means that I cannot, and, I, and I'm saving lives, that's my job, you know, even if I'm doing it, and I don't, are there private lifeguards? I suppose there are private lifeguards. I was working for a hotel or something like that. So um, I can't refuse to save someone's life because of their sexual orientation or skin color or, or religion. I, you know, someone is drowning. I can't say, oh, I'm going to refuse service to that person. I can't because no matter, and I think the law probably stipulates that I can't, but even if the law didn't stipulate it, I still can't because as a human being, they have a dignity and a worth. And it is my responsibility as another person uh, within reason to preserve, to preserve that. It's our responsibility to preserve the dignity and human worth of others. So um, whether you run a hospital or not, in most states, it's against the law, maybe in all states, it's against the law to just stand by and watch someone die. You know, you can't stand by and watch someone choke to death on a sandwich without at least trying to help. And it should be against the law because normally uh, you have the right to go about your business and go about your day. But you don't have the right as a human being to just stand there and watch someone die without lifting a finger to, to try to help if you can that doesn't mean someone's having a heart attack and you have the responsibility to, 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 to perform emergency heart surgery on them. But it does mean you have a cell phone. You have a responsibility to call 911. You do not actually have the human right to not call 911 if you have the ability. Again, whatever the law says, that is not a human right that you have. And I, I think for the most part, we all understand that. And we don't get into slippery slope things here, do we? I mean, we don't act like we're confused by it. So you don't have a right to watch someone choke on a sandwich without trying to help them. But um, that doesn't mean that because some, that the act of eating a sandwich imbues you with these entitlements to be served by others. What I mean is uh, if somebody is eating a sandwich and not choking on it, but they don't like the taste of it, and they call to you and demand that you make them a grilled cheese instead, you can say no to that. Because though they have the right to life, they don't have a right to a grilled cheese sandwich. So you're allowed to say no, and that could be for religious reasons that you don't want to make a grilled cheese. It could be for any, you don't need to have a reason. You don't need to have any reason. They can't force you to make them a grilled cheese sandwich. That makes sense, doesn't it? Let's go to another example. Let's take someone who runs a grocery store. Now, I think they have the right to decide who buys from them and who doesn't. They have that right. Whether for religious reasons, business, it doesn't matter. Business reasons, it doesn't matter. And some do. BJ's Wholesale Club, I think Costco as well, they have memberships. So they exclude, they discriminate, they exclude based on membership. But what if someone comes and they don't have a membership, but they're literally starving to death, literally starving. They, 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 they are on death's door uh, and their children, they have their children in tow and their children are starving too. Let's say in this hypothetical. And, and they come and they need food. They're going to die, right? They need, they need food. Now, I don't know what the law says there, but morally, actually, ethically, according to natural law, you must feed them. So it's really not complicated um, when you think about it. We have a right to life, liberty, human dignity. Nobody can deprive us of that. But beyond that, at least among private citizens, the story sort of ends. Um, so why can I refuse to sell you a cake? Yeah, religious liberty, but it doesn't have to be that. The reason why I can refuse 
is that you don't have a right to it unless your very life depends on it. So, uh, which it doesn't, okay? Which it emphatically doesn't. But I have no problem writing that into a law somewhere. You could do that. Business owners may refuse service to anyone unless the refusal of said service will result in imminent death or serious injury to the refused. Boom. Done. Solved. There you go. End of discussion. I've solved the entire problem for you. There it is. You have a right to refuse service to anyone for any reason because it's yours and because they don't have a right to the products you produce. That's a very simple concept there. However, if their very life depends on it, then uh, you have a responsibility to serve them in that case. There you go. End of discussion. Fine. We're done. We're done here. Let's move on. Right? that, That should be it. We make it more complicated than it needs to be because we don't have a handle on the fundamental concepts at work here. And with liberals, as I wrote, uh, as I wrote this week, their conception of rights, completely arbitrary, disconnected. It's just a jumbled, mumbled mess. Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Um, because they're severed, they, they've severed themselves. Their whole ideology is severed from truth and from natural law, from, from, from moral, you know, from the moral absolutes of, of a situation. They, they've severed themselves from that. And so they're just kind of floating out there and just kind of making things up as they go along. And, and they know that, you know, when it comes down to it, the things that they really care about, they care about uh, their sexual gratification. That, that's the primary thing with the progressives. That's really what it all comes down to. And some other things, you know, they, they have things that they'd like. Um, so they'd like a college education and Wi-Fi access. And so they, Hey, we have a right to that too. So it's kind of a laundry list, like a, like a, a list for Santa Claus of dear Santa, here are some things that I want. And all of a sudden those things become rights because they want them, but it's not, it's it, when you try to have a conversation, it's like, well, why do you have a right to that? They can't go very far in explaining it. They say, well, because I should have it. Well, you can't take it away from me. Yeah. But why should you be able, why should I be compelled to give it to you? Because it's, I, you have, it's dick. I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's my impression of liberals. And they start saying crazy and saying things. They start saying things like, well, uh, if, uh, if you run a, uh, it, this is a, a public establishment uh, where you bake cakes, and if you run a public establishment, then you should have to give it to me. But it's not public. Public means it's run by the state. It's private. It's private by definition. So that means I can refuse. Yeah, I agree. If it's public, then it changes the game a bit. But if it's private, then I can refuse you. And to say that you have a right to it means that I have to be compelled to give it to you, which means that my rights have been taken away from me. And my, uh, we like the word autonomy, but my autonomy, I suppose, over my, my possessions and, 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 and my labor, you know, it's part of this, has been taken away from me. I have been enslaved. I've been enslaved as a cake baker because I'm forced to make it. So my rights are taken away. Who has more of a claim to my labor and the products I produce, me or you? Answer, me, obviously. They don't understand that because their, uh, their philosophy is disconnected from truth, and it's insane. Uh, it's just out in the darkness. It's insane. But as, as quote-unquote conservatives, whatever, we, we, we're supposed to be connected to the truth, so we should be able to explain these things, and we shouldn't hide from them, even the more seemingly difficult parts of this. Where, where, where you open yourself up to being accused of, oh, well, you, so you're saying people should be able to discriminate. Yeah, you know, I am saying that. I'm not saying that they, sh- that they should or that it's okay or, or that it's uh, moral in every respect and in every instance. 
But from a legal perspective, from a perspective of what do we have a, the right to do, uh, yes, yes, they, they should be able to. And once you can get past crying about that and whining and uh, like, oh, yeah, the discrimination, once you can get past that and, you know, wipe your snotty nose and, and listen and, and, and be an adult, then we can have this conversation. And uh, call me crazy, but I would like to see Republicans start saying that. Like, you're going to go on George Stephapotamus' show and... and um, and he's going to throw the liberal talking points at you. Well, just say, listen, George, uh, when you're ready to grow up and have an adult conversation, then, then, then call me up. Because th- that's what I want to do here. I want to have an adult conversation where we deal with issues that are maybe a little bit challenging and complex. But I, I hope that we can do that. And if we can't, then, uh, then, uh, then you're going to have to bring someone else out here because, because I'm not going to engage in it. But Republicans won't say that because uh, they're gutless and they have no spine. And they're just these fluid-like... Speech. This just kind of. I was at the aquarium with my kids the other day, and uh, they got a big kick out of the um, out of the display with the jellyfish, and that's what. And I just I'm looking at that, and I told my my kid uh, my kids Luke and Julia. I said, look, look, kids, they're Republicans. They said, what are those, Daddy? Those are Republicans, also known as jellyfish. This is their natural habitat here in this aquarium, and sometimes they slither out and they end up uh, becoming governors and senators. And they're just kind of this formless, shapeless, just kind of, you know, just, they're just sort of, they just kind of slither around. They they just, they have, they stand for absolutely nothing. And they're just kind of wavering back and forth and, and just crying and whimpering and saying, please don't yell at me. That's what I told my kids are going to be very cynical before they turn. They're going to be, they're going to be, (laughs) imagine how they're going to be when they're three years old. Um, all right, so that's, uh, I just, I'm disgusted. I cannot continue this conversation, but I will, um, we're going to leave it there. How about that? Uh, Facebook.com slash Matt Walsh blog, at Matt Walsh blog on Twitter. I will talk to you next week. Akruche Salus, Godspeed.